0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Financial Reporting Podcast, a podcast that helps accounting students to learn, understand and remember the principles in the IFRS. We begin our journey into the world of accounting standards. On this episode, we will start off with easier and short standards and work our way up into more complex ones. On this episode, we'll be talking about is 16 PPE not personal protective equipment but property plant and equipment let's go Is 16 sets out the accounting treatment for PPE I think it is one of the most important and frequently applied accounting standards the standard is structured in this manner there is the objective of the standard, the scope, recognition, initial measurement, measurement subsequent to initial recognition, derecognition, the and then disclosures. So we'll take our time and look at each of these in detail. CPE are intangible assets that are 1. held for use in the production or supply of goods or services for rental to others or for administrative purposes and 2. are expected to be used during more than one period. If I have an item of PPE or an intangible item that I am not using in the production or supply of goods or service or for administrative purposes, then that item cannot be classified as PPE because it doesn't meet this definition. And it is also expected that I will use that item or that intangible item for more than one period so this is the definition of PPE so if I have a building and I'm using that building for administrative purposes that building is helping in the production or supply of goods because it is for administrative purposes which directly relates to the activities of the business so in such a situation this building can be classified as PPE, and the second part of the definition is that it is expected to be used during more than one period. We all know that buildings have a useful life of more than an accounting period. So, a building, for example, which I am using for administrative purposes, meets this definition so that clearly tells us that that building can be classified as PPE. Now, the building is an asset, and assets must only be recognized when they meet the criteria. So, that same criteria applies. the initial recognition of PPE the standard says that the cost of an item of property plant and equipment must be recognized as an asset if and only if it is probable that future economic benefits associated with the item will flow to the entity and the cost of the item can be measured reliably taking the example I used earlier for the building because it, i am using that building for administrative purposes it is expected that economic benefits associated with the item will flow to the entity now whatever cost i at which i acquired the building is known if i paid for it with cash then the cash amount i parted with is the cost of the asset if i constructed it then how much i spent in putting up that building is the cost so in each of these situations the cost of the asset can be measured so that tells us that that building has met the recognition criteria and as such I should think about how much i am going to Recognize the assets in the books at. That brings us to initial measurement. The standard is clear on the initial measurement of an item of PPE. The standard states uh, stays that property, plant, and equipment are initially recorded in the accounts of a business at their cost at their cost now the cost is the amount of cash or cash equivalents paid or the fair value of the other consideration given to acquire an asset at the time of its acquisition or construction or where applicable the amount attributed to that asset when initially recognized in accordance with the specific requirements of other IFRSs let's break it down the cost of an item of PPE is the amount of cash or cash equivalent paid like I stated earlier with example how much I paid to acquire the building is the amount of cash so that becomes the cost if I exchange another asset for the building, then the fair value of the, uh, the assets I exchanged to acquire that building becomes the cost. If I constructed it, the amount of money I put into that construction becomes the cost. Now, this cost must consist of other items. So, we now talk about the elements of cost. The standard has stated that initially an item of property, plant, and equipment is recorded in the accounts of a business at the cost. Now, let's break this cost down into what constitutes this cost. The first thing that goes into the cost of an item of PPE is the purchase price after deducting any trade discount and adding import duties or let's import taxes and non-refundable sales tax. This is the first thing that goes into it how much I paid for the PPE less my discount if i imported the item the import duty i paid will form part of the cost the second item is the indirectly attributable cost of bringing the asset to the location and condition necessary for it to be capable of operating in the manner intended by management what does this mean The directly attributable cost of bringing it to the location. Let's pause there. I'm in Kumase. I bought an item of PPE. Paid for it with cash in Accra. I have to transport that asset from Kumase to Accra. This is a directly attributable cost that will bring the asset from Accra to the location in Kumase. So, transportation of that item of PPE from Accra to Kumase becomes a directly attributable cost. And this one is to bring the asset to the location where I want the asset to be. So that is one. Now, that asset too must be in a condition necessary for it to be capable of operating in the manner intended by management. So, when we brought that asset to mercy we had to find some engineers or specialists to set it up and then get it ready for use all these things will go into the cost of the asset because the work of the engineer is necessary to bring it into the condition that management uh, that is necessary for it to operate in a manner intended by management so this is the second thing that goes into the cost then the third aspect is when the entity has an obligation to dismantle and remove the asset at the end of his life the initial cost should include an estimate of the costs of dismantling and removing the asset and restoring the site where it is located so if we have an obligation that we are going to set up a plant as a production plant and at the end of 20 years would we'll be done with whatever production we're doing at the site and in the contract we have an obligation to clean or dismantle you know and make the place look good after we are done with whatever we are doing the cost we in care 20 years later to do that will be discounted and added to the cost of that particular item of PPE. So we've discussed the definition of PPE, the recognition criteria, and then measurement at initial recognition. All right. Now, some of the examples that go into the directly attributable cost to bring the asset to the location and condition necessary for it to be capable of operating in the manner intended by management are cost of site preparation, professional fees, initial delivery and handling, cost installation and assembly and a whole lot of other directly attributable costs. So these are just examples. All right. Now let's take some examples of costs that are incurred or relate to the acquisition or construction of ppe but are not included in its costs this include setting up a temporary location for the ppe abnormal amounts of wasted material labor or other resources if it is an item that is constructed advertising and promotion general administrative expenses, initial operating losses, trainings, setting up a temporary location for the time of development of existing location. So these are some costs which relate to acquisition or construction, but are not included in the cost of the item of PPE. We continue by looking at the subsequent costs. The standard prescribes that day-to-day servicing of an item of PPE shall be recognized in profit or loss as an expense as and when they are incurred because such costs only maintain the asset but do not enhance the asset's capacity. bring future economic benefits. So we must note that day-to-day repairs and maintenance of items of PPE are recognized in profit or loss as expense, as and when they are incurred. Some expenditure relating to non-current assets should be capitalized, meaning They should form part of the cost of the asset. If it meets this criteria, if it improves the asset, for example, by enhancing its performance or extending its useful life, or is for a replacement part, provided that the part that is replaced is treated as an item that has been disposed of let me explain this so if subsequently we incur costs that enhances the asset so that cost let the asset performs better or it increases the useful life of the asset this is not a normal repair because this is enhancing not maintaining so in such situations costs like these are added to the carrying amount now if the subsequent cost is to replace a part of the asset the replaced part forms part of the carrying amount provided that what was replaced is de recognized and treated as if it has been disposed of. Measurement after initial recognition. The standard prescribes two models. The first is the cost model, the second revaluation model. In the cost model, an entity shall carry an asset at its cost less any accumulated depreciation and accumulated impairment losses. If the entity adopts the cost model in the statement of financial position, the assets will be recorded in this manner the cost of the asset is shown, then the depreciation over the years is accumulated and deducted from the cost, and then the remainder becomes the net book value or the carrying amount. That is the cost model. If the entity adopts a revaluation model, the asset is carried at a revalued amount. Now, this revalued amount is the fair value at the date of revaluation, less any subsequent accumulated depreciation and subsequent accumulated impairment losses. With the revaluation model, at the reporting date, the entity will look at the fair value of its assets. Then this fair value forms the basis for depreciation and then, <clears throat> sorry, the asset to be presented in the statement of financial position at the revalued amount, less any subsequent accumulated depreciation. Now, if the entity adopts the revaluation model, the revaluation must be done with sufficient regularity so that the carrying amount does not differ materially from the fair value at the reporting date. When we adopt the revaluation model and we revalue, it will result in an increase or decrease in value. How do we account for this increase or decrease in value as a result of revaluation. If the revaluation results in an increase in value, that increment is reported in other comprehensive income under the heading revaluation surplus or in profit or loss if it reverses a previous revaluation decrease of the same value if it is a decrease you report it in profit or loss or in other comprehensive income if it reduces previously recognized revaluation surplus all right let's look at depreciation this depreciation takes into consideration both models Now, depreciation is just a way of systematically allocating the depreciable amount of an asset over its useful life. We do this to maintain the matching principle. We use the assets. in producing revenues in more than one year and so the cost of this asset must be spread among those years in order to match the revenue they help to produce over the years when dealing with depreciation we should have in mind three things the depreciable value depreciable value is the amount we are going to depreciate it is usually the cost of the asset or any other amount substituted for cost less is residual value depreciation period depreciation period is simply how long we are going to depreciate the asset which is usually the asset's useful life now, the Assets Useful Life is the period over which the asset is expected to be available for use by the entity. The standard states that several factors must be considered when establishing the Assets Useful Life. Some of these factors include the expected usage, expected fiscal wear and tear, Technical or commercial obsolescence of the item and legal limits or other limits on the use of the assets. The useful life and the asset residual value shall be reviewed at least at the end of each financial year. Depreciation method The depreciation method is simply how. And in what manner we are going to depreciate the decision method used must or shall reflect the pattern in which the assets' future economic benefits are expected to be consumed by the entity. Now, there are a lot of methods that an entity may select from. We have the straight line method, diminishing balance method, and the units. Of production method. The selected method shall be reviewed at the end of each financial year. Now, if there's a change in the expected pattern of the assets usage, then the the depreciation method must be changed to reflect that. Depreciation shall be recognized in profit or loss unless it is capitalized in the carrying amount of another asset. Each part of an item of property, plant and equipment, with a cost that is significant in relation to the total cost of the item, shall be depreciated separately. So if we have an item of PPE, with a total cost of, say, 100,000 Ghana CDs, if a part of that item of PPE costs say seventy thousand that seventy thousand is significant to the total cost of the item of PPE. So in such a situation that part will be depreciated separately and then the rest the thirty thousand will be depreciated together this is just what this is trying to put across the recognition when do we remove an item of ppe from our financial statements IAS 16 states that an asset should be removed from the statement of financial position on disposal or when it is withdrawn from use and no future economic benefits are expected from its disposal. If we should dispose of an asset, if we should sell it, we are no longer in control of the assets and as such, we should remove them from our financial statements. If we stop using the assets and no future economic benefits are expected from its disposal, we remove the assets from our financial statements when we dispose of an asset we either make a gain or a loss on disposal now this gain or a loss is calculated as the difference between the proceeds and the carrying amount of the asset a gain or a loss on disposal is recognized in profit or loss the final thing we'll look at is the disclosure requirement. What information must we provide about our items of PPE in our financial statements? The financial statement shall disclose for each class of property, plant, and equipment the measurement basis for determining the gross carrying amount. Depreciation methods used, the useful life or depreciation rates, the gross carrying amount and the accumulated depreciation, additions during the period, assets classified as held for sale, increases or decreases resulting from revaluations, impairment losses recognized in profit or loss impairment losses reversed in profit or loss depreciation. So these are some of the information we should provide about our items of PPE. I guess we've had an interesting summary of is 16 property plant and equipment let's do a recap of what we discussed in this episode we started off by looking at the objective of is 16 then we went ahead and discussed the recognition initial measurement measurement subsequent to initial recognition where we looked at the cost model and revaluation model recognition and we ended by discussing the disclosure requirements hmm I'd want to encourage you to make our time to read the standard because that is our manual I believe the more you read the better your chances of understanding and remembering standard we look forward to hearing from you your comments your questions contributions are all welcome we hope to see you in our next episode stay safe see ya